The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, ahead of the Oireachtas Media Committee meeting tomorrow, RTE will not be publishing the names of their top 100 earners uh, because RTE has deemed the request uh, inappropriate. Uh, in studio with me is Ireland editor of the Irish Independent, Fionn Sheen. And on the line, we are joined by the Media Committee chair, uh, Neve Smith. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. Um, now, what's on your agenda for RTE tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we're we're going to have our first opportunity to hear from the board collectively, Pat, as you know, at the committee hearings we had prior to the summer, we had the former chair, Maya Doherty, and we had the current chair, Shuni Rahali, in. And I think it, it would be really useful to hear from the entire board as a collective. And that, I suppose, is the main goal tomorrow, tomorrow at, our, at our committee he- hearing to have that opportunity, because... As we know, they have the main and ultimate responsibility of oversight uh, and, and, and good corporate governance. And they are the two things that have evidently been lacking very much in RTE. Arguably, according to both the, the, the current chair and the prior chair or former chair, that they haven't had the information in the past to be able to do that job. And I, for one, would certainly think it a really golden opportunity for the board when they come before the committee tomorrow to instill confidence in not just the committee, the members themselves, but the public, uh, the minister and the government, that they are now in a position to do their job, to do it effectively, to do it efficiently, that they're getting the information from the executive of RTE, that they're not being blindsided in any way, that they're being enabled to do the job that they're appointed to do. Yeah, Um, there is an executive board in RTE. um, And, you know, that old line about having a dog, what's the point in having one if you have to bark yourself? You employ an executive board to do the administration of a company and uh, the board proper makes, you know, the grand decisions about the direction in which the company might go or whether or not they sell off RT2 or, you know, what their Irish language policy would be. But the nitty gritty of running a show like that for a board that are paid 15 grand a pop each uh, to expect them to trawl through voluminous documentation of the nitty gritty of running a company is utterly unrealistic. I think being on the board of RTE is, you know, a a very privileged position. It also comes with a huge responsibility. Arguably, this board will have the greatest responsibility because it's got the the greatest focus and the public awareness too, to be honest, of doing a job. But I mean, the thing about it is, Pat, we know that RTE is in a very precarious financial position. Um, they are looking for the government to plug a hole where they're depleting and hemorrhaging licence fee. They are looking for certainty into the future. They are looking for public service broadcasting to be funded, arguably more than it has been in the past. And none of that can be done without knowing that all the arms within RT, and when I say all of the arms, I mean the board and the executive, I don't know if we should call them a board as well. I don't think it's helpful to have two boards in an organisation, but that the executive at least are answerable to the board that is appointed by government and is appointed by the minister to do the job they've been asked to do. Uh, will you be probing the board, since you have them all there, about the leak of the dr- competition for director general between Kevin Backhurst and Dave McRedmond? Because, I mean, that's shocking that a board would leak like that. 
Absolutely. And um, we're we're mindful of the fact that we have members of the board who, as I said, haven't been before us before, but members who have been there through all of this through RT, not just the recent months when revelations came to the public uh, minds, but, you know, how how historically RTE has operated. And of course, we're not there to go over old ground. We are there to see that it is a proper, proper functioning board that it's but could you have confidence in a board that's leaky? I mean, that's the it's, it's pro- the problem that Kevin Backhurst has as Director General. He's got a board supervising his activities and he knows that one of them, at least, leaked details of that competition between himself and David Redmond to media. I mean, what this kind is of a position is, is that for a Director General to be in? I mean, it's pretty difficult. shocking. It is. It's very difficult. And the board, I mean, I'm sure they are expecting not a particularly easy meeting tomorrow. Those will be the questions that the boards want to know, because we, we there has to be a collective agenda and purpose between the board and the executive. And that has to be for RTE to succeed. And they will have to recognise the fact that that behaviour is totally unacceptable. And, I, and no more than in any organisation, whether it be in a political party or not, you know, you, you do you do know there's always leaks happening and stuff like that. But around really sensitive information, it's highly unethical, highly irresponsible of people to do that. And it's not a big board, um, to be honest with you, Pat. It would, I'm sure, I'm sure it wouldn't be too difficult to drill down into the detail of where those leaks are coming from. Now, uh, this business of not giving the 100 names, uh, what do you make of that refusal by RT to outline? I mean, they're happy to obviously name the top 10 earners and uh, Kevin Backhurst has said there'll be no side deals, no uh, side letters or anything like that. Everything will be in the public domain and it'll be actually contemporaneously, not two years in arrears or anything like that. So that's okay for the top 10. But the other 90 maintain their privacy. Uh, Can you understand RT's position? I will. I, I'm at the thinking, as you can appreciate down here in Tipperary, Pat, so I haven't got through, gone through too much of the detail yet. Uh, I've seen it sort of a, on a higher level of all the information that we have. I do appreciate, well, I, I accept perhaps there may be data protection issues around that. What I do not accept is that the board... Uh, and arguably the government are entitled to know the types of salaries, the level of salaries that the top 100 are. None of us are there to personalise, you know, who's been paid what. What we are there to establish is, is RTE living beyond its means? Is it paying, mm. you know, outstanding salaries that it ultimately you cannot see, afford? You see, probably what the, the staff want to know is how many managers are earning the top money. Not so much, you know, the the, the reporter from the Midlands or whatever it might be, or the education correspondent or whatever it might be. They really want to know how many managers are getting the big bucks. Absolutely. And I think it is quite reasonable that we would all know that because, as I said, RTE has to face up to facts. There is going to have to be restructuring done, whatever that shape might take. But it is it's, it's, it's like running a business, Pat. It, the books have to balance. And you cannot have a situation where a very small percentage of an organisation that is ultimately of eight, 1,800 staff, and mindful of the fact that there are staff and probably a vast majority of the staff, nowhere near those salaries. We do need to know the facts. And that means knowing the salaries of the top 100. As I said, I can live with the idea of not knowing who those people are, but we need to be able to see that the balancing act in terms of what has been spent on wages and salaries, you know, equals, equals what RT can actually afford to make itself sustainable Mm. into the future. Yeah, there's also the question of, you know, apples and oranges because if, for example, you've got staff members uh, in the top 10, for instance, or in the top 20 and then you've independent contractors who are in the top 20, staff people have pensions, 
Some of them have bonuses. You know, there are uh, all sorts of uh, things that you might struggle to get to the bottom of. But I wish you uh, well in that endeavour uh, tomorrow, Neve. you and uh, your committee. That's Neve Smith, uh, the chair of the media committee, uh, Rockless Committee. Fionnán Sheen, listening uh, with some interest to that conversation. So Fionnán, what do you make of the current situation? Well, on, on that last point about the, the 100 earners, the, the answer coming back uh, from RTE appears to be people have already objected to the idea of this list being published, so therefore we didn't bother compiling it. So as Homer Simpson once said, you tried and you failed, the lesson is don't try. So they haven't even put out a request to staff to be included on this list because they're saying already there are objections to it and therefore... Uh, we wouldn't be able to go through that exercise. So that's one that they could they I mean, could there could explain. be a, a valid management uh, distinction uh, I, I, or reason, rationale for doing this, that if they start publishing people's salaries by name, and you know mm-hmm. that Joe in that department who's doing a similar job to Mary in the other department, and Mary or Joe is earning more than the other. Uh, I remember Jim Culleton, when I was on the board of RTE, he was the chair, he used to say that that kind of stuff often puts a a burr under the saddle. Yeah, and and the same organisation is currently asking the Oireachtas to approve uh, an additional level of funding of €35 million Euros from, from the taxpayer. So as Neve says, they're entitled to look under the bonnet and see what exactly is happening with, within the organisation. There's a whole, the 177 files uh, bounced to the Oireachtas committee, some of them are on, on small matters, some so on big. There's also other topics uh, on, on the agenda since they were they were last there two months ago. We've had a, a Grant Thornton report into Ryan Tuberty's pay between 2017 and 2019 and why that was understated. And to go back to the RT chair, Shuni Raleigh, back at her first appearance at Neve, Neve Smith's committee, she said, why this figure was understated and by whom is a question we as a board are very anxious to know the answer to. Now, the Grant Thornton report tells us why. The basis on the balance of probabilities, this was an attempt to reduce the Ryan Tuberty's publicly declared salary at that time to under 500 grand. It doesn't tell us who. So maybe the board can elaborate upon that. There's a Mazars report on the barter account. Again, it's that, that report says a number of executives had oper- operated, uh, ran and had access to this account. It doesn't say who. Maybe the board can uh, elaborate uh, up, upon that. They can also talk about the, the free fall on the, on the licence fee and what they're going to do about it. And also what are their, their plans for reforming the organisation. Apart from members of the board, uh, there are members of the executive team uh, mm-hmm. appearing before the, the committee tomorrow. One notable omission and somebody who was very helpful to the, the committees on previous occasions in terms of providing them with information was Richard Collins, the chief financial officer. And I note with some interest that he is not uh, on the the list uh, tomorrow. That might be an error. Um, mm, he may so. show up because you'd imagine that kind of financial information would be quite important and yes. you wouldn't expect other people of that executive board or ex-members of that executive board to have those numbers at their fingertips no, and, and, whereas the CFO would. And Kevin Backer specifically said when he took over that uh, Mr. Collins was assisting uh, with the collection and provision of, of information to the Oireachtas committees and, and to the government. So Mr. Backhurst will be there, Adrian Lynch will be there, Paula Maluli will be there, uh, all executives in the organisation, but not the chief financial officer who who would obviously, mm. at, the, the, at the, the tip of his fingers, have a lot of this I wonder, will they, will they take the opportunity to apologise to Ryan Tuberty for the 
misrepresentations they made the last time they appeared to Iraq this committee. Yeah, there's a lot of clarifications that this uh, this delegation uh, could make. On, their, on the previous occasions, they, they said that basically there was a mistake, there was an error in the understatement of Ryan Tuberty's uh, salary. Quite clearly, it wasn't a mistake or an error. It was quite deliberate. The Grant Thornton report has established that. That report also made it quite clear that, that Ryan Tuberty was in no way responsible uh, for that issue. In fact, uh, his agent had had, had raised uh, objections and questions uh, about it. So again, we still haven't had any real uh, apology or, 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 or note of contrition from anybody in the RT senior ranks for basically putting it out there that, that Ryan Tuberty's uh, salary was understated uh, for three years, so 2017 to 2019. And basically, they sat back while the fingers of blame were pointed directly at him for that matter. The 2022, the 2020, 2022, the barter account, the Renault deal and all that, that's entirely separate. I'm talking about the, the earlier uh, understatements of his pay. And nobody in RTE has ever said that should not have been put out on that occasion yeah. when they did not know the facts. All right. Well, it was gripping viewing the last time. Um, well, the... the we had two editions of Iraq This Committees on the same day, uh, gripping viewing. Well, let's see what this one uh, will bring to us. Uh, Fionn Sheen, who's Ireland editor with the Irish Independent, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.